Hi, I'm Ruth on Unleash Your Goddess, a podcast empowering women. Today we find out about how to break bad habits, change your mindset, how to change your mood, understanding pain and the neuroscience behind it, and how to deal with pain, how to deal with trauma, stop negative self-talk, how to mind map your life, and so much more. This podcast is packed full of information. My guest today is an incredible lady who has been through life challenges and traumas. Today, we find out the tools she used and how she can help you to find and use your tools you have within. A big welcome to Jill Wigmore Welsh. We can't wait for you all to hear our chat. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to it today, to hear from you. What message do you want to tell the ladies listening today? Well, you only have one life. That's probably the biggest message I could give you. And I think that that was when I was listening, I was thinking about this. And I was thinking to myself, you know, this is so important because we can talk about in business and health and relationships, we can talk about, you know, what's holding you back from doing what it is you want to do, you know, your mission, your values, your passion. The truth is you you just get one go. You only get one go. And when you're not being true to you, what's going to tend to happen is you're going to start to manifest. Your body is honest. You're going to start to get feelings in your body. You're going to get get symptoms. We know that epigenetics, which means like you might have it in your DNA, but it's how you live your life and what you do that's going to cause it to do that thing called manifesting, which we're all goddesses. We're talking about manifesting. But the true truth is you only get one life. That's it. That's the message I wanted to put across. So live it now. Live it now. Give it one shot and make it a good shot. And if you are around people who you feel you don't get along with, then move on because you're going to find some more because there's billions of us on the planet. That's it. (laughs) I always say that you've got one shot at life. You've got one life. Make the most of it. You're not happy. Leave. Settle tomorrow or next year or now. We're getting older. Let's just hit on a few highlights and lowlights of your life. And what tools you use to get through? I think in in terms of highlights and lowlights, this is this is like a, these, are, these are relative things, aren't they? I mean, it's like what's a highlight, what's a lowlight. And certainly, I thought let's go with the low, let's go with the lows first. And there've definitely been lows in relation in these three areas, as I say, health relationships and monies. I've had my chronic health problems. I've had my anxiety problems, which started in childhood and financial problems. I mean, I run my own business. You can be glut or famine. You don't know what's going to happen. Tools that have helped me to get through that. There is definitely a mind tool that I started using when I was probably only about nine years old that I came up with all by myself. Wow. And that was what I thought I did. I probably heard somebody tell it to me, probably my mum, you know. And it's to actually stop the negative self-talk. And it's it's absolutely to change the subject in your mind. It's actually to decide that you're going to tell yourself using your name. In my case, stop that right now, Jill. Just stop that right now. Just stop doing what you're doing and literally give yourself a talking to as if you are being spoken to by somebody you really respect. And literally to actually take that and give yourself then 20 seconds. Literally, if you have your phone, yes, force yourself to have 20 seconds. Force yourself just to notice how long 20 seconds is. Because 20 seconds of sitting there can feel like a long time. But 
when you're in the moment, you know, like, it's all, you can find you're doing that for an hour. And the true truth is you just time 20 seconds and you actually say to yourself, just stop that right now. And then I'm going to give myself 20 seconds to write down constructive things, really constructive things that I could actually do about this thing to yes. actually do something positive rather than sitting here worrying. And I think that in the lows, and what's got me through is taking action, actually taking action, planning to do things, having a plan, looking ahead, see where I'm going. And, and the way I've done that is actually to just say, stop it. Just stop that talking to yourself like that. It's no good. And I started doing that when I was very, very little. But it got wow. me through it's lots of school bullying. It got me through a lot of all sorts of stuff when I just used to say stop that right now don't listen to that person that's just that person's not valuable just think about something else stop it just close your mind down yes and do yeah. something quite, quite completely different and that's a very to me that's a very powerful tool and it's got me through a lot of lows and in terms of the sort of the highs you know the highs when I've been traveling I was traveling with part of team GB obviously part of team GB is a physio um with two different sports and I would be it would be highs we would be in a really high pressure environment and it would be exciting highs, do you understand? Or it would be exciting highs to do business success. But it's again, it's this grounding process of going, I'm here right now, being me. Yes, I'm in the middle of a stadium with five, ten thousand dollars. How many thousand? I haven't even thought about it. People watching me, but I'm grounding myself right here, right now, to be in this present moment and to enjoy it for what it is right now and just really savor that moment. That's two things yes. that I use. Yeah, that's lovely. That's that's so true. What help can you offer those who have been through extremely stressful trauma? Firstly, I can understand what it's like to be through, go through extremely stressful trauma because when I was going through my, my relationship breakdown and it, and cho- at the choice point of going into that, and actually it was a choice point, and it makes me emotional even to think about that now. Um, it was such a conflict with all my deep values, do you understand, um, that I think when people are in that place of betrayal or mistrust or something's been physically done to them, and, and there's a sort of disbelief, I think it's the holding and listening and I mean really listening and hearing what they have to say and actually putting towards them what it might be, what would you, you know, what, what would you like to have happen today? Where would you like to go? What's the important thing? How can we, how could we, would it be something that we work on together that would enable you to somehow have a sense of getting some control over that in, in your mind? How could we map it out? What would you like to do? But also not spending too much time going too deep into the emotion and trauma, because I think sometimes it's processing things as you want to process them rather than let's go into this trauma. Let's yes. really unpack it. It's like, okay, now we've done some of that. Should we do something positive? Let's do something really upbeat over here. And I paint and I sculpt and I draw and I do all sorts of things. So it might be we we play with some writing and we actually we we do we do both sides. You know, we we map some negatives and we map some positives. And that's something that I did after I'd gone through my big relationship breakdown. I used to look back on the 
bad times, but I also look back on the good times. Yes. And I actually matters that as well. And that worked for me. So it's having that balance, isn't it? And not becoming bitter as well. Oh, I was bitter. Oh no, I was bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I was horrible. I would have cooked, roasted, chopped up and frozen the rest of the I can be bitter very well. Anger. <laughs> You know? um, and I, I think all of the releasing those emotions is is, impo- is important too. But I also, and so I'd say, you know, I don't, I, I'm not so. Let's all be calm. Let's all be calm and just kind. It's like then sometimes you just really have to channel that anger, that passion into something, and actually go. I'm going to use this for something. Like, I'm going to really rip that wall down in this house. <laughs> Fantastic, and then I've gone. Oh, I'm gonna clear all this stuff. Now. Yeah, <laughs> oh, shovel, you know, and then, it, then there's the tiredness, and there's like, so, so don't get me wrong. Now, I, I do, I do just as well as I do. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see you smashing that wall down. No, don't worry. I think I have. I take what can we do for a better mood, a movement, a sleep, and nutrition? People talk about transformations. Everything that we do in life is a habituation. So whatever we do, because we get late, because we are inherently lazy, basically, we are inherently lazy. We like to do things the easy way. And what can tend to happen is that we get so set in our ways without realizing it that you can go out shopping and you just <laughs> you fill the shopping basket with the same things you always buy. You go home and you cook the things that you want always cook does that make sense you go to the same takeaways and you do the same stuff and it's no different with mood you can you can end up watching the same programs that are brain dead on tv do you follow you're actually sort of programming yourself for this boring life (laughs) it was all the same it's boring it's repetition you don't challenge yourself you don't you don't set yourself up to fail so part of it is is really again it's this taking your head and saying every day I'm going to try and think of think like a bit like a child again I don't mean knock down walls but (laughs) I actually mean children will try new things they will try they will try using different crayons and colors but, but they will want to try new things. They will want to have a go at different new things. And I think that is probably the most important thing that people need to do is to actually come at those kinds of big, chunky things that you want to change, like all the food that you want to change and the mood that you want to have. And recognise that if you want to say something differently, it, you, you need to just change five words in your vocabulary in a week. Do you understand? It's it's got to be like I wrote a small list, a small list of all the positive words in the dictionary, as you do. Oh, wow. (laughs) Thursday, I decided to do it. No, seriously. But when I began to start to go through the words, I thought, you know, I don't use most of these words all of the time. And I began to start to introduce a few new words, just a few new descriptions of things. And that lifted my mood because I'll – our thoughts and our words create our emotions and our feelings so if we change the words that's actually going to change things so actually if you catch yourself going oh isn't it cold it's like 
Oh, blue sky today. Yes. You know, it's like pick that, and it's this pattern interrupt where you have to, it's like a three second rule. It's like, do I really want to do this? It's like before you put something in your mouth, it's like, do I really want to eat this biscuit? Do I really want to pick this packet of biscuits up off the shelf this week? What would happen if I didn't have them in cupboard? Well, let's play. Let's just see if I could live without those biscuits yes. <laughs> for two days. Just two days, unless you live in the middle of Wales somewhere and you have to like only shot once a week, a month, a month. <laughs> but with anything, I think it's these choice points where you decide, do I want to put this thing in my mouth? And then when you eat it, for example, you actually eat it and taste it. And to do that thing, not eat it while you're watching TV, talking to your partner, writing a letter and being on the Internet at the same time and taking text messages that come in. So you're not actually really there present with that food. And the same with activity. People might not really like movement and exercise, but, you know, you might be able to trick yourself into doing some exercise by doing a bit of decorating that you feel like doing because you like it or you might do make something get the sewing machine out that you haven't got out for years or you might go in the shed and saw something or you might go in the garden and it's this bringing joy and fun into things rather than oh it's boring I've got to try and do this it's like let's try and make it interesting and fun and micro change like really teeny little shifts and give yourself permission to fail. Give yourself permission yes. to fail. Only try and do things, say, three times a week. You know, it's like you're not allowed to do it more than three times a week. So you get to the end of the week and you're going like, I did that. I did it three times this week. And then it's like, so I'm only going to do it three times next week. Set your steps. It's like shaping dogs. I train my dogs. And the way that you train a dog is you shape a dog towards doing what you want the dog to do and that's what clicker training is it's the same when you're doing it with yourself so that's what I would suggest just do little tiny micro changes in the direction that you want to go in start by noticing what you do start by noticing what your bedroom's like start by noticing how you feel before you go to bed start by noticing if you fall in fall asleep in front of the tv start by noticing what your habits and patterns start by taking interest in these things um and looking after yourself and if you're in a relationship with somebody else you actually might have to be a bit selfish and you might have to do your own thing yes where that actually might cause friction because people don't like other people to change people like other people to stay the same have you noticed that yes yes (laughs) it's like why are you wearing that color it's like I just, just felt like something different it's like oh you don't normally wear blue and <laughs> that's why I'm wearing blue because yeah so yeah just be prepared also for that knock on against other people who will want you to stay the same yes yeah and do you think that works for smoking and drinking when you want to give up 125 percent. because years ago I did smoke and one of the challenges I experienced was I was I was a smoker in my 20s and I was just about to give up, and my then partner gave me a lighter for my birthday. So I didn't give up because I felt that I couldn't turn around and say, I don't want this because I'm going to give up smoking. So I continued smoking. But when I decided I didn't want to smoke, I gave up overnight and I put my own aversion into smoking. And literally overnight, I decided I was not going to smoke. And I smoked a fair few. I just felt sick at the thought of smoking. 
I actually started to recognize how much my clothes stank. And that was a, that was a very big decision. And, and we know that with any form of hypnosis, because I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, it's got to be, there's got to be a massive motivator for the person to want to actually stop smoking. And with drinking, as a case manager, because I do sort of case management with people who have big injuries, drinking is really common amongst people who've had common, commonplace amongst people who had big injuries because they're sitting around at home with not a lot to do. And unfortunately, alcohol is a relatively inexpensive form of social drug. Do you understand? And yes. it's also socially acceptable to have a glass of wine but when you're talking to people and you're realizing that they've got certain behavioral traits I've got into the habit of checking out with people and sometimes you can have people who are drinking up to say 50 cans of lager a week yes that's a lot or people that I haven't been able to get in touch with on the phone behaving a certain way I sort of talk to them just as I'm doing now and I go, you know, what's going on? What's happening? And it's like, actually, it's like I'm drinking two bottles of wine a day and I'm like, ah. And then it can emerge that they've had an alcohol problem in the past. And sometimes there it's just the realisation that actually this is not okay, but then it's providing that support. But as you say, it's actually recognising that this is not something that's going to be good for you that this is, there's something else you could also be doing with that time. But it doesn't mean, unless you've got a true addiction where you really are addicted, and that also applies to sugar, because remember, a lot a lot of people are addicted yes. to sugar yes. in food. It's there in everything. And for a lot of people, if they don't get their sugar fix, if they don't eat their sweet food, if they don't have their whatever it is, which has got already sugars at it, then they wonder why it is that they can't lose weight and they're having problems. And this is this is almost endemic in society, if you like. It's yes. almost like drinking is socially acceptable, um, smoking, well, you can vape instead. It's like, oh, well, yeah, but you've got people celebrating drinking alcohol. You know, it's a big thing. So it actually is. deciding that you... Deciding that you've got that strength of character to actually go, well, for every three glasses, I'm going to have a great big jug of water and I'm not going to, and I'm going to put the top in the bottle, I'm going to put it away and see if I can, you know, get through the weekend with having had half a bottle of wine rather than yes. three bottles of yes. wine. Down bit by bit, drinking that bit less, that bit less. And mixing it, making mixers up, you know, using, um, if you if you drink, say, something like gin, a gin and tonic, for example, during the week, just drink tonic. Yes. Just yeah. drink a tonic and actually add all the bits to it, you know, add all your ice cubes and your frou-frou bits and this, that, and the others, uh, and maybe a few sort of, I don't know, bitters or something, make a little bit of flavour. But don't, you know, don't just say, no, but this is enough. But the best way, do you know the best way to not drink? If you is don't buy it. Yeah, <laughs> that does help. If, if you don't have a car and you don't have any money and you don't go to the shop, guess what? Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to drink. <laughs> if you have to choose between buying yourself some really, you know, some food that you think this is actually going to be really good for me, this has got lots of minerals and vitamins in it. Unfortunately, that is expensive. It's more expensive food. So something's going to have to go. And if it means that you need to be you know, like three days a week, you don't have any alcohol to start with and then or whatever it might be. There's, but if you pick up a cigarette and you decide you're going to smoke, 
instead of just taking it out of the packet and chat, 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 lighting it, you want to look at it and really decide, do I really, do I really want this? And if you want it, have it. Yes. But you might find you go, no, I'll put it back in the packet. Yeah, and then it becomes a habit, like, doesn't it, as well? You can also hide them from yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's raining. It's, oh, I don't want to get out of the car. Got to find the car keys now. I've got where I put the car keys. And then that moment's gone. That's right. It's breaking that habit, isn't it? <laughs> Giving yourself um, pleasure in other ways, because I think a lot of times people, you know, we do these things, and I include myself, we all do these things because we're giving ourselves something. It's a gift. We're giving ourselves a treat. It's a present. And sometimes it's it's like, well, maybe there's a nicer present I could give myself. Maybe I could do something that's nicer than smoking or drinking yes. that or, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would suggest. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Can you tell us more about your 10-step success plan, please? This is to do with my journey. And it's actually to do with working with lots and lots of people over years and recognizing that in in health, when we talk about wellness, whole wellness, we're not talking about um, sickness and disease. So we're, we're talking about quality of living. So quality of lifestyle, quality yes. of everything. So in what I do, I meet people where they are, but there are definitely different areas that I'm I'm wanting to cover off. So without question, the first the first place we start is what's going on in your head, your mindset. Yes. And that links back to my own history where I had to make a decision over something. And it was it was the way that I was thinking about everything. And mindset is the biggest thing. Limiting beliefs are normal. Everyone has limiting beliefs. Don't let anybody tell you that you can eliminate all your limiting beliefs. It's like, no. You're never going to get rid of them. You're always going to have limiting beliefs. Even the most Beyonce, goodness, those person in the yes. world. They want to we start with limiting beliefs because it's like a grounding. It's self-learning. It's self-development. It's 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 finding out. And then we we move into because that leads into things like confidence. You 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 need to feel confident in yourself in order to actually be able to go through a process of shift and change because you are going to encounter people who are going to drag and drag you back including the voice inside your head that's going to tell you you aren't going to succeed we talk about sleep because obviously sleep is imperative you don't have sleep you're going to you can't survive without sleep that's it talk about sleep um how to really get off to good sleep and really regenerate because you need to make sense of reality by rewriting your neural pathways and making sense of everything that's gone on in the day and that's part of what you do when you're having your your deep sleep your brain is going let's sort all this out so you've got your sleep i want people to be doing more i want them to be less dependent on medication so if i'm working with somebody i want them to be you, you can use medication as much as you like, but I want people to actually use that again with that mindfulness. They're aware of the tools that they've got inside their own body that can make shifts and changes to the sensations that they're beginning to start to experience, as opposed to thinking, my doctor isn't able to find me a drug that's going to sort out my pain. I want people to go, well, let's try that, but let's do this as well. So I want people to be aware of their awareness of you know the sense of their medication, because unfortunately, Chronic pain is a common, common issue, and it is very, very natural 
for people to actually find that what they get used to is taking medication that they become almost addicted to yes. and have no other way of knowing how they're going to manage their problems. Physically, movement. We talk about movement, but, you know, we don't really celebrate movement as much as we need to. And, I mean, I did all of my Feldenkrais, my movement training, and I love the ability to be able to keep myself moving the way I did when I was younger, moving in a very aware way to be able to go inside myself and feel all of my joints and my ability to use my whole self because of the design of our system. Yes. And it's basically every time you move your spine and you move your ribcage, it's massaging all your internal organs and it's actually getting the blood flow going through. And if you're holding your spine is stressed, actually, because that's not really... And everything in the system is designed so that, you know, when you move your fingers and you go up and down on your toes, it helps your blood flow. It helps your cardiovascular system. So movement is imperative, but not like go for a run and stretch. No, this is about the kind of movement that I like to teach people, which is far more subtle and it's far more be you than it is actually. So moving speed balance and that's not just physical balance it's emotional balance as well so it's emotional balance is bringing in how balanced you are in relation to the world and how balanced you are physically in order to be able to do what you want to do so those two things link together um being strong i mean really strong because your physical strength again is imperative for healthy healthy bones and muscles but actually the strength of your personality and your character and being able to put those boundaries in place and being able to really self-protect and self-love you as, yes. as a unique person, really important. The way you stand, your actual, your presence in the world, your confidence by now you can tell we're building, these concepts of building. And by this point, you know, I want people to be speaking out. Do you understand? I want people to actually be able to say what they think and feel and own it. Yes. And say to people what's going on. Talk about their emotions and feelings without worrying if somebody is actually going to say something like, Ooh. it's like, no, I'm strong. I can talk about my own emotions and, and, and I can say how I feel. I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you say you're responsible but it's about having that power that when you stand and you use yourself and you walk and people see you that you have a gravitas you know mm. that people actually go like oh yes that person's got presence there wow who's that person you know and that also applies as people get older because we tend to forget that you know, older women can be really, really powerful and sexy. Do you understand? Yes. And a lot of that comes from that confidence, that power, that ability to move and use and just know how you are. Yes. And how um, do you get that? How well, darling, uh, darling, I'll have to do another podcast on that. <laughs> yes, I certainly. I haven't got through to number 10 yet. <laughs> then we've got to eat your food. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> your nutrition, your food. Yes. What are you going to put? In your body, do you understand? Fresh oxygen. You want good oxygen coming yes. in, right? Sitting in that stuffy office, inhaling all those bugs around you, there's people smoking <laughs> on the tube, breathing into your face. Get outside, go and stand That's somewhere where it's fresh air. Get some really good, 
get that oxygen in, do you understand? And then you're moving and you can get it around your body. What are you eating? What are you putting in your mouth? How much sugar is in it? You know, what is it that you've got in food that is going to be nutritionally good for your brain cells? Yes. So you keep yourself well, do you understand? So nutrition, feeling happy <laughs> and laughing more. This yes. is really important. And that's number eight, because if you're not laughing and you're not happy, and, and you can tell at the moment. I mean, how much laughter are you hearing at the moment when you sit on a train? Oh, none. No. You sit on a bus. I mean, how do people sit on the bus? Nobody, nobody's laughing and joking. There's no happy, fun, play. That's important. We should play. We need to play more. We need to yes. play much more. Much, yes. much, much, much more. We're here to play. We should play, play much more. Um, we should have more fun. We should have far more fun. That's for another um, podcast. <laughs> Um, doing activities that you're passionate about. Yeah. Doing that's another one. Doing things that you are really passionate about. And that can be passionate because you are so passionate because you've been through it and you don't want other people to go through it. So you are going to do this passionate thing. Or it can be the passions that you have, like creative passions or whatever. Do the things you're passionate about. Don't do the things that are boring. Yes. Yeah. End off. That's how you do it. On yes. track to live really well for longer because all of the work I do with these 10 steps is around super aging so it's about being a super agent so it's actually about going I'm going to be living in the present moment and therefore I want to do as many things as I can so that I actually have a really high I mean what is the point of living say be 100 years old and you spend the last 20 years of your life in a wheelchair or unable to do anything or stuck in a residential home. No offense to anybody who is in residential homes listening to this, but actually regretting not having things that you've done. Do you understand? Yes. So it's like it's about potential. All of this 10-step program is about potential. And that's what I work with. I work with these elements of potential that people have that oftentimes they just they don't even realize it's there or even they might not have explored it so that's why it's 10 steps because but I could start anywhere and we can go in anywhere with whatever it is because any imbalance in any of these things is going to have an impact on your health on your relationships and on your money that's most important how much money yes. you've got coming in the door if you don't have I'm sorry we have to talk about yeah. wealth as well as health because if you don't have money coming in the door yeah you can't afford all the lovely things so yeah. there we go no it's very true what can you do to help those in chronic pain please explain the process okay so i have i have a process i have a i actually have a website called modern pain resolution because it's resolving pain and if you go on there what you'll find is that there is uh, two little things one is about activation and in that part it's about four hours and I, it's like, I want, every, I want to be sure that anybody I work with understands what chronic, what the science and the theories and the neuroscience and everything like that is all about. Because the true truth is, sometimes people have read things, sometimes they don't think it applies to them, but it truly does. The understanding about neuroscience and how fear causes us to trip and trigger all of these responses that give us this output feeling of pain. Um, This is incredibly important because it's around taking ownership and not 
putting ourselves in the situation where somebody else is going to do something for us. You know, I need to go to the therapist because you can go to a therapist, but the thing is the therapist isn't going to do, is, is going to do not as much as you can do yourself. Yes. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I've worked with so many people as a physiotherapist and a hypnotherapist, and they have made such amazing shifts. I'm working with somebody right now and the shifts he's making are incredible. It's not me. I'm just explaining to him how he can do things and we're going through very slow step by step it always starts with education psychological and neuroscience based education so people understand what pain is and how the different different parts of your brain the primitive part and the you know the, the mammalian part and then the cortical part how those all work together so you get these outputs and how all of our epigenetics and how our adverse childhood experiences and how will our child trauma and how will of our if you've seen the trauma tree how will those things manifest and it can be things that we didn't really even think were a trauma but it comes out again that we put it away and then out it comes again and it's manifesting again in pain and it's around then once people understand that it's then around saying okay so now what would you like to have happen and if the person says well I think I just, I'm happy. I just understand it now. That's fine. And I'm okay with taking my tablets. I, that's fine. If somebody says, yeah, but what I'd actually like to do is I'd like to learn how to be able to get back to walking further, or I'd actually like to be able to get back to earning some money, or I'd actually like to work out how I could manage this fatigue that I keep getting and these symptoms what plan could be put in place and and then we work and it's it's a coaching program really more than a therapy program because with chronic pain and chronic health conditions all of them all of the multiple ones that people gather as medals how many have you got now oh I've got diabetes what else I've got chronic pain and diabetes and the high blood pressure and then then, 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 then. yeah it's just a a medical it's just medical labels because then we just treat people according to those things but it's you it's all interlinked and understanding that you can unpick those things and like your diabetes you might not have diabetes if you lose eight pounds in old money uh, three three kilos or something like this actually it's like and that would do this for you but it's around what the person wants to do so then it's a coaching program. So then I will take people through a coaching program over a period of time. And depending on what they want to get out, it will either be a 90 day program or whatever. And that's where I'm going to be a bit of blunt transparent marketer here. That's why I created my wellbeing journals. Brilliant. Because I yes. realized that I did, there was nothing that I could suggest people got that would enable them to be able to write down at the beginning yeah. where they are. Yes. Then to work with me, and we made an agreement over what it was they were going to do. Do you understand? Yes. And then they were going to document everything they did and color the pictures in, in the corners if they wanted to. And then after a week, write down all the good bits all the good highlights so that they actually had this written record that they could look back on so that they could look back over time and go gosh I started there and I was able to give them the accountability do you understand because it's one thing to read a book 
And it's one thing to know that you should do these things, but the majority of the people that I work with, it's actually getting it done that's the biggest problem because you can read it and you know you should be practicing your meditation. Say to people, right, you can use this as a diary, as a journal, you can put all your stuff in it that you know that you need to. But what we're actually doing is is we're working towards your well-being. Yes? So this is actually around well-being and and. I think I have 13 of these out now. Um, and can and they go, so we'll be putting the link up on the Unleash Your Goddess website, the Amazon link for that. But can they also go to your website? What they can. Website? If, so I'm based in Reading in Berkshire. And if people are based here in Reading in Berkshire, they can obviously come and knock on my door and, I'll, and they can buy one from me, uh, or order one, and I'll sign it, you know, oh. and I'll, I'll put a little thing in it. Um, But for the majority of people, actually to be able to buy one of these direct off Amazon means that you can get it within about five days. Yes. Because they print them, obviously. If anything ever gets printed by Amazon and it's wrong, then the person just sends it back and says, send me another one, please. But if they come to me, they can get one. But I'll be honest with you, I tend to use these so that I I actually use them with my clients, but I will also use them so that, for example, I've got Christmas, we all have, you're just me, we all have Christmas coming. (laughs) And there are a few crafters fairs and a few holistic fairs and things like this. And I I go and oftentimes it's a talking point. So I actually go and I talk about the journals and the diaries and it enables me to explain to people how how they could use them because for a lot of people it's like well why would you want a nine-week well-being diary and journal but it's like because you might be deciding that what you want to do is to work on you might be actually going on an nhs let's say pain management program and what you want to do at the same time is take this with you and the reason i designed it like this there's three different designs on the website that are well-being wellness ones like this One's got um, food, like food pictures on it. Um, and the other one's got a, I think it's a lily on the front. I think that's what the one. But the reason I did it was because if you pulled it out of your bag, it didn't look like a medical diary. It didn't look like, oh, she, oh she's doing her medical diary. And it, it's like it was, it was done so that it, you know. But people could just buy these. And then if they decide, I want to spend nine weeks working on myself and I want to actually document how I how I do you can use something like that and you can, yes you can so I, I will get people to write down what it is that they're doing I'm I'm a strong believer in the old-fashioned pen paper act of writing always yeah therapeutic and if, you're wanting, if you're wanting to lose weight and you have to write something down you're going to actually use up time Yes, Less time to eat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. What's your favourite books and tools that have got you through your journey? So I think I mentioned to you that I have a book room. So I actually do have a room in my house where I tend wow. to keep making. And at one point in my own journey when I've really been exploring, I actually had this whole raft of books that I've been using, like things like Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I can't pronounce her name. But I think her name was Shakti Gawain or something like this. And she was like um, a spiritual, she's out there, I'm sure, still doing it. 
And I remember buying her cassettes and listening to it on the way back from, I think it was Glastonbury. I took my dad to some after day, Glastonbury, when I was going through my, my divorce and my children were being looked after. I had this weekend to myself. And I was listening to this and was like, this is so clever. But there are two books that I can show you that I actually still have because I got rid of most of those. I got to a certain point and it's like, oh, this is really depressing. <laughs> I think I'm going to give these books to the Buddhist teacher that I've been going to who's been helping me. I'll give them to her so she can put them on the bookshelf and she can loan them out. So I actually got rid of all of them. <laughs> and these, these two books are books that I've had for a long time. This is Buddhist Meditations on the Buddhist Path. This is a book that I loved reading and you can see because it's well-thumbed and it's called being nobody going nowhere and meditations on the buddhist path and it's it's just something about well, the way it's written because i actually first went into i got really deeply into, into meditation when i was going through a big, big lot of stuff and it just goes through the buddhist principles here and it, it just it's it just is one to tip in and out do you understand so that's one that i really like and the other book, which is slightly different, I don't know if you can see it. The Mind Map book, was that? The Mind Map book. Now, Tony Bazan, unfortunately, <laughs> I went to meet him. He died. He wrote this book on mind mapping, and I came across mind mapping in about 1994. This is the archetypal book of how to mind map, with all the diagrams and the different ways to create mind maps. I love mind mapping. I love mind mapping. But this book was, I'm serious, was pivotal in me mapping a 15-year plan wow. after I got divorced. And I still mind map. I still mind map. Do you do it online <laughs> or pen and paper? Yeah. I do everything pen and paper because I paint. Yes. And I need to feel that. So, you know, these kinds of things that I paint, I actually... I actually, I actually have to physically do these things. I can't just go in online and do them. It's not my, it doesn't fit my my whole sensory being because, yes. you know, all of the movement work I do, all about developing all seven of my senses, and there are seven senses, means that I, I want to train myself to be able to do things. And I don't find I get that. I don't find I get that through the computer. It doesn't stimulate all my senses my sense of smell. Mm. You know, you're painting, you get the smell of the paper and the wet paper and you get the sense of moving the brush, do you understand? Mm. And you actually engaging in it. And I don't find I get that. So I don't get the same triggering, which gives me that creative edge, the thing that just gives me, oh, that's an idea. So no, is the answer. I should have just said no. <laughs> So do you keep it all in like an exercise book or do you have bits of paper everywhere? Pieces of paper that I stick on the wall. Do you? When I when I did my 15-year mind map, I did it on flip chart paper. That's that's my wow. favorite paper to use for mind mapping yeah. because I have a big flip chart stand. Yeah. I did each piece and then I put it on the wall. And the reason I did it that way is because I could take that piece down and put it back up on the flip chart and add to it. The other way that I've done it in the past, which works for me, is to have a mind map book. And what I do is if I'm mind mapping, 
I'm just trying to see. Because I all the time, I'm like, I will take a page and I will do a mind map of something I'm working on. Yes. And then I will take a small part of that and I will do a mind map of just that bit. So I will then have another page where I mind map just that bit. Perfect. And then I'll have another page where I mind map that bit. And then I have another page. And the reason I do it this way is, is it gets it out of my head. Yes. So if I'm thinking and I'm processing in the night, which is what we all do, and this is one of my other, because these little tiny journals that I make, one of them is called Nighttime Answers, because oftentimes you wake up in the night and it's like your head is free-flowing. So you need to write it down. You need to write down what you're thinking about. Yes. So if you don't write it down, what happens is that there's a fear of forgetting it, F-O-F-G, fear of forgetting it. But the thing is, if you know that it's down in that paper, well, you can just carry on and do something completely different. So if I'm on a train journey, I can mind map out what I'm going to be doing in my business. I can close it. I can get off the train and I can go and do something completely different. I don't need to think about it. I can just focus on that moment. And then later I can come back and I can open the book and I can go, ah, yes. Now I remember it all. Now, for our listeners who doesn't know what mind mapping is, what is it? It's radiant thinking. It's a way that you actually choose a topic. You can use it. You can use it with meditation. Supposing you had a problem, like you wanted to solve a problem, like moving house, mm-hmm. and you wanted to think of all the pros and cons. You would actually draw draw in the center, moving house. Even draw a picture of a house, and then you would draw everything that came to mind, like you know money, location, children, everything that came to mind, about eight things would come off. And then what you can do is you could you could do, you can put what you like. If you start, find it starts to get too big, that's when you probably need to do another mind map on that little bit there. Do you understand? Yes. And then you might just focus on one bit. So it might be like, well, if we move house, you know, the children, right, they're at the school, they're doing this, they're doing that. And you map out <clears throat> everything. That relates to what's going on. It's like on. lines, isn't it? From, from that yeah, circle, you, you do lines. And you have, uh, you sections. can do it multi-dimensional. There are so many. That's why this book is, because there are just so many ways. And this is an example of a mind map. Wow. Yeah. Do you follow? Yes. And then you, you can also score. You can score things on the mind map. So supposing you had things which were like, well, that's really, that's, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good reason to move. Oh, no, this is not a good reason to move. This is, uh, uh, oh, no, that's a negative. Do you understand? So you can actually look at the balance of what it is. So, you know, like in some processes, I don't know if you've ever done this process where you can't make up your mind. So you you bring them out onto your hands like this. Have you ever done that process? Yes. You bring them out onto your hands and you put them on both hands and you weigh them. To see which one it's like, ah, oh, it's this one. It's this yes. one. That one, that's my, yes. that's my heart. And you do the same with your mind mapping so that you can also find that as you're thinking along these lines, because you can use colour, you can use colour, you can use texture, you can use pictures. Um, if you think of what they called now, oh, gosh, I can't remember. People often do these sort of um, workshops where you have these boards and you make these sort vision of vision boards. boards. Yes. Yeah. But this is like a whole different direct dimension because you're not just saying, oh, I'll just have you, you could you can you could make a mind map like five, six, eight pieces of flip chart paper big. 
that, that would mean I mind map out all my master's degree dissertation. I mind, up, mind mapped out all 20,000 words that I wrote. I mind mapped out my business. I mind map out all my business plans. They're all mind mapped out on the walls upstairs in my office. Wow. Um, and it means that it's it's there and it's right in front of me so that I don't have to try and keep remembering it. That's a great idea. I think I may start it. You say, let's design your best life and create it. What tools yeah. do you use to help them do this? What I do, I use a lot of the tools that we've been talking about today. So I use, I have masses of tools available. I have this huge toolbox from having worked, studied for 45 years. I mean, you know, I've just got so many tools that we can use. And it very much depends on, on what the person wants to do. For some people, it might purely and simply be word work because it, it, it might literally just be around how they think. If for another person, it might be how they move. For somebody else, it might be inspiring them, helping them to find that passion so that they actually go, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about it that way. And then suddenly there's this light bulb moment. So, but the thing is that the tools, the how tools, it's like, I just have so many because I've qualified and trained in so many things and I've explored so many different things and studied with so many different people um, that I've just, and I, and I mean, having a book room. I mean, how many people have a book room? You know, I keep the books because then I've got the tools. I know where the tools are. I don't have to keep going, oh, I've just got to remember that tool. It's like, no, it's okay. It's in my book. I can just go look it up and refresh my memory. And then as soon as I do that, because I have a hugely powerful memory that I discovered I have when I did meditation, I took up meditation and I learned I could go back in time and I could actually remember real time being in places, doing things and the rest of it. And that's a dyslexic trait. That's the way I have my managing things. But because I can do that, as soon as I start flicking through that book and we're talking, it's like I was able to open that book at that page and go, there's the mind map, because, because I just know where it is. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. You're amazing. The time has come to bring our chat to the end. Thank you, Jill, for coming oh. on and sharing your experience with us all. It was Thank honest you. and inspiring. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you. And we look forward to speaking to you again. Wow. This podcast was packed with so much information and tools on how to live a better life. I'd really like to thank Jill again for taking the time out to come on today to chat to us. The links to Jill's journals and the books she talked about is on our website, unleashyourgoddess.co.uk, on the podcast page. You will find the links to buy them books. You will also find Jill's contact information on the page Unleash Your Goddess or our website unleashyourgoddess.co.uk. We're really looking forward to our next podcast. See you there.